0: What's up, everybody? It's Dustin Coiner. Uh, we're live again with the Talkin' Motorbike Show. And this time, I'm on with the Harley dude, as evidenced by the gigantic beard. Okay? His name's Lucas. Jeebo? 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 Yeah, whatever works. <laughs> What's up, man? Not too much, man. How's it going? It, it's going good, man. I just, you know, I. I I love talking to club racers, and you you happen to be a club racer. And what's great about us all is that, you know, we all have different shapes and sizes and do different jobs and live everywhere. But somehow we all managed to find this motorbike thing and uh, get addicted to it like crack <laughs> and end up spending all our time and money doing it. So what's I, up, I think, man? I
1: think crack would have been a little bit cheaper.
0: <laughs> truthfully yeah Her- heroin maybe you know
1: <laughs> yeah definitely would have been a little bit easier on the wallet that's for sure yeah yeah so yeah just you know doing the thing working trying to race as much as possible
0: yeah so you know i i met you um was like four or five years ago right
1: yeah, five years ago yeah it's be, uh, beginning of 2018
0: yeah and, and I I refer to you – I was talking to Frankie Garcia earlier, which is hilarious. I love that kid. All right, fucking I fucking – I'd say kid, but he's, like, 30 <laughs> now. You know, I've known him since he was, like, 14, right? He still has, and, like, the mentality and playfulness
1: as a kid, though. That's for sure.
0: Oh, absolutely. Nobody's having more fun than Frankie, no, I
1: No, I love hanging out with Frankie. It's always a good time.
0: Except me. Like, usually when we're on the track, it's, like, a fight of who's having more fun. Um, <laughs> but um, – you know, you're one of the OG guys. So it was like you and Tony Shreds and Eric Stolls, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just before you guys started coming out, Zach Nation, yep. like, we kind of we kind of scumbagged Zach into riding on the track, and he did quite a bit with us and, you know, had an R6 for a while. But you mm-hmm. guys kind of stuck around, and you guys were there when I was in the infant stage of beginning the CRA, right? Like... I remember looking at you in the eye and going, hey, man, wouldn't it be cool if you, instead of being like a bastard stepchild, if, if there was like your own class for racing those stupid things? And you guys, all of you guys were like, yeah. And well, Tony, point, Tony actually helped me write the rules for the original yes. American Iron class at CRA.
1: It's funny you say that because we actually have helped write all the rules for all the leagues so far yeah. as far as like the Harley side of things.
0: Because we no. don't know
1: Nobody knows anything about Harley's, but Harley people. No, I mean even nowadays, even at all the tracks we race at, and some that we're regulars at nowadays, it's still, yeah, I see some. By the way, wires. this is root beer. It's not <laughs> alcoholic. It's just, yeah. Keep it PG. Yeah. yeah, it's still the same thing. Oh, you got safety wire? Cool. Fuck off. Get out of my. Get out of my inspection area. You know, right. Most people don't want to climb under them and know what's what. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: it's back uh... then, we we were the, like you said, the bastard children. And uh-huh. we had no class. It was, hey, we're going to stick you in with, like, the SVs and the twins. You know,
0: it's go out the 650 well, guys. Didn't they start out putting you guys, like, with the, like the, the R3s?
1: Yeah. So, actually, funny enough, so last season they gave us our own classes. So we had two classes of our own. We had our own shootout. It was cool. And, you know, as a lot of racing happens with the new stuff, it started out real big and then got yeah. real, real small. So it came back to, like, just the core guys again. So they got rid of that. So they stuck us back with the Twins. So this whole last season, we are back with the Twins. And then the other class, they put us back in with some like the 350s, 400s.
0: Okay. So, like, you guys have a race, but it's like a race with – it's like another, another yes, start.
1: It's another wave start, yeah. but we got our own class. So
0: Okay. Well, it's better than exhibition shit that you had when it first started, right?
1: Well, it, I mean, when we were first started out, it was just the three of us. It was – All right, we're gonna battle to see who doesn't come in last. (laughs) You know, and that's kind of where it was with us. As far as just the three of us, so yeah. So I uh, don't come in
0: last. I I actually remember a little bit before you guys started racing. um, Yeah, you know the I can't. I think it was Tony that called me. I think Mm -hmm. it was Tony. I don't think it was was
1: Tony. Tony was the guy that was you know he posted up on Instagram. It was like, hey, I'm gonna go ride my Harley on the track. Who the fuck wants to go with me? Right, and that's what it was. He was calling all the tracks and track day companies, saying, "Hey, I got a, a you know, I want to come race, a, you know, or ride on the track, right? And I have a Harley." Yeah. And, and you and we've I, I don't about know. I
0: can't remember which one finally said yes. I am not you. sure. It was
1: actually you. It was so <laughs> the mainstays as far as us getting to where we are now. Yeah. As far as not just us as riders, but as far as the Harley racing thing goes, was you. And then Brady Walker with classic track days.
0: Okay. Yeah, so yeah. You yeah.
1: guys were the first ones to say, you know, fuck yeah, let's do it. Let's let's see what yo, we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. Um, and
1: then yo, here we are. So.
0: Well, I remember, you know, I remember Tony asking me, and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Why don't you guys just <laughs> sign up, you know? And he's like, yeah. wait a minute, you mean we we could come ride? I'm like, yeah, like I don't, what's the problem? He's like, well, this org and this org and this org and this like he fucking listed out like everybody, all of it, right? <laughs> all of them. Yeah. And I'm like, that's dumb. I was like, dude, I had a guy here with a fucking Virago out there riding. Like, <laughs> like why wouldn't I let you guys ride? It's the same mm-hmm. shit, except the Virago's is a Jap- Japanese bike that's from the '80s. Yeah. And he was like, you had a Virago. I'm like, bro, we've had everything out from like a, you know, the the adventure bike. Like we had a guy out on a Super Tenere. You know what that is, right? No, I don't, but it's an adventure bike, dude. And he had like, and this guy that was out there, he was like, uh, he was this dude that was like, uh, it was a Yamaha day that we were putting on. It was like a, Mm -hmm. we called it get to know your bike. And, uh, it was a day where you could be like brand, brand new, like never even thought of riding on the racetrack before. So we had like a D group, which is like lower than the C, Right. Like yeah. you could wear jeans and a bomber jacket, kind of thing, you know. Like your basic street riding gear. Yeah, yeah. So we had some dude that was in the middle of this ride to the Four Corners, right? It was like this adventure bike thing, and he had like the the hard bags on it and everything. And it's like an off road bike, you know. It's like a. And those SUV. bags are not light or anything on those bikes. No, dude. Well, he probably <laughs> had shit in them too, right? Like he was, you know. And um, that guy, dude, he gets off track, and he is, is an older guy, and he is grinning ear to ear, just like you guys were, you know? Mm-hmm. and Just like I knew you would be. But it, was, it, was, it didn't even make sense to me to tell you guys no, and I was shocked that anybody did. But, you know, it, it's made for a good story years later, you know?
1: Oh, yeah, we still talk about it when we get together. And you know, after riding, we'll have a fire and a beer or two, and it's like, oh. Remember this, and remember where we were then, and yeah. here we are riding at Laguna Seca. It's like, oh, this is awesome.
0: Yeah. So, so you, um, you've you done quite a bit of club racing, right? I mean, you did the CVMA thing quite a bit, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then uh, I don't think you actually made it out to race the club I started.
1: No, Dick. unfortunately, we have Yeah, I know. I
0: know. I mean, you were like, hey, we're we're going to start your own club. I'm doing this whole class. thing for you, asshole, and then you never showed up. And Tony never well, – oh, no, Tony did. Tony did come and race with us. Yeah. Um, so Tony came and raced, but you didn't,
1: so. <laughs> so there was a lot of stuff, not to make excuses, but as soon as you did that, like, life kind of sh- shambled, you know, fell into shambles for me there for a bit. Oh, really? So, yeah, it was kind of like – Country songs? <laughs> dude, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, wife, kids gone, like it all fell apart, and everything oh, was wow. turned to shit. yeah. It was, and it was like right at the height of like, oh, CVMA has given us a class, you're going to give us your own classes, the bagger racing league is coming out. Oh, oh, okay, and now we're going to throw like the super hooligans into the mix, and we're going to start traveling all over the damn country. Racing. And then King of
0: the Baggers came out,
1: now the King of the Baggers is like the bee's knees for all of it, I guess. And yeah. it's, you know, it's like, well, fuck. So it's trying to get where we can, and like financially, was okay. What, where, where can we do, and what can we not do? And it was kind
0: of there was a lot of races we didn't make. But it's not yeah. just you. you weren't just the only one that was like. I'm oh, just giving you that. shit, you know. Oh, I know, but I, I don't really even, like, I don't even own the thing anymore. Like I sold my stake in it months ago. So. Oh no, shit. Yeah, dude, I'm no longer part of government. It's great.
1: <laughs> now i was just back just to racing.
0: Yeah, I'm just back to being the track day guy, like club racer, dipshit, you know, no more government for me, for now. For now. Who knows? Maybe I'll come up with some other project again and start something else epic.
1: Yeah, cause I know last time we talked about it was last year. You were talking about some big things happening with it.
0: Well, we did Laguna last year. We brought club mm-hmm. racing back to Laguna last year for the first time in like 40 years. Yeah. That was pretty, I'd say that's pretty big. I think Race. that would be actually
1: awesome to do. I mean, hopefully it sticks with Laguna and it starts happening more with a lot of the tracks as far as the club racing goes. Like yeah. we just went and raced you know, at Pittsburgh, at Pit Race. It's obviously a very nice facility, very awesome track. Was that BRL or? Yeah, that was with BRL and then also as well with uh, CCRS and ASRA. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. they yeah, of kind of conjoined together um, as far as the BRL and Azra and all that stuff. So, I mean,
0: it's opening up opportunities for us to go travel some more and hit some more of these tracks. So so let me ask you this. Does the BRL still have that guy from the dirt track races that does the crazy flag show?
1: No, no. Un- you know, so unfortunately, a lot, of the, a lot of changes I've made with the BRL from what it was when it first, the first two seasons, where it was like the grassroots, we're here to have a fucking good time, we're going to race Harleys, and we're going to party. Um, and that's what it was. You know, it was nothing but Harleys and Harley guys, and we were out there racing these loud, noisy tractors, and you know, having a good time. <laughs> and that's where you know the flag man and you know having Lucky Foster and all those guys out there really helped embody that whole like this is like back to like the root style of racing. Yeah, and now it's all Azra and it's all AMA sanctioned and certified and all this
0: other stuff. It's all pro. That.
1: Yeah. You know, all the guys are all walking around with fancy headsets and matching uniforms and stuff. So, I mean, it's cool, but at the same time, it's like, it's not back to like the grassroots like it was. And it's kind of changed um, the feel of the BRL, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. And and so, OK, so you you're pretty kind of like a CVMA regular, right? Yeah. Because you're local. And then... Um... Yeah, it's only,
1: you know, if I just have just had the bike in the truck,
0: it's only like an hour and a half, two hours for me. Okay, okay. But, I mean, dude, you've got... You've done the Hooligans, too, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, we've done a couple so, there. I've
0: done... I think, if I'm not mistaken, weren't you at Laguna last year? That, that Yeah, the so hooligans. we
1: raced La- Laguna last year with Super Hooligans, and then we did Daytona, and then we did the first Super Hooligans when it was still super hooligans before it was moto america right super yeah
0: yeah when it was like a sideshow like in a parking lot at an industrial park or something like three blocks yeah, away so,
1: well so we did it with moto america and they just squeezed us in but yeah. you know we had to have drt racing mm-hmm. with uh alex mock and lucky come in and do the timing and scoring for us okay. we still ran all strictly just by Roland sands so it wasn't a moto america thing yet yeah like, hey, we're going to do this pilot and yeah see if it'll even fucking work and then obviously it is where it is now where it has just as many rounds as King oh Badgers dude does.
0: you know what i mean it's it's pretty epic racing you know i mean mm-hmm. it it's um it, it initially like like you were kind of it was like a sideshow kind of initially mm-hmm. when it came to motor america but now it's like fuck man like Between the Baggers and the Hooligans, there's, like, way more participants there than there are on the other side. Oh, I mean, so they're
1: getting ready. You know, Super Hooligans is getting ready to race at the Ridge and then Laguna again. Yeah. And I think the Ridge is like, what, three weeks, two weeks or something like that. It's
0: next weekend, I think. Oh, is it next weekend? So I
1: I think it's next weekend. The entry list for the Super Hooligan class right now, from what they released for uh, the Ridge and for Laguna, they're in the, like, mid-30s. That's awesome, man. For a grid, which is – yeah, it's fuck yeah, it is.
0: Yeah. And so, like, in the Super Hooligans, is it, like, a minimum qualifying time to make the grid? So, so they, you, could they have, are, you could potentially have 50 people there, but only 30 make the grid, or how does it work?
1: Yeah, so it's it's weird how they do it. So they're doing the 110% rule, but they're not doing it out the pool setter. So they're, they have – so it's in – integral to the Super Hogan's class, they have a split up between the liquid-cooled bikes
0: and the air-cooled bikes. And the electric bike somehow gets in there. I don't know
1: where they're putting the I think they might be putting the electric bike in with the, the liquid-cooled bikes. Okay. Um, but yeah, they do have them in there now, because now there's more companies that are making them. Um, but, yeah, so they're doing it. I don't know if they're doing it. I know last year they did it off of what the Pullman was for the air-cooled bikes, which would like it last year was Rennie. Okay. Rainy Rain, Skates Brooks 1 was set for the air-cooled bikes. Okay. And this year, I think some... I would have to look at the rule books. Don't quote me on any of this. But that they're doing it off, like, the sixth-place guy off the liquid-cooled bikes is for everyone. So I don't know. It's They're, they're trying to make it work because, yeah. obviously, with the air-cooled bikes, if they do 110% off the liquid-cooled bikes, none of the air-cooled bikes are racing. Right. Except for a select few. Well,
0: I'm wondering... I'm wondering if it's that, and, and it looks like it's welcoming. Like the class is pretty flexible, trying oh, to yeah. trying to get multiple upright bars bikes in mm-hmm. there. Yeah, um, so there's actually
1: no clip-ons. You're not allowed to have clip-ons. You got to have high-rise bars. Right. No fairings. Number plates only. Right. Um, so they try to make it bare minimum, so you can't do some crazy things to get small little.
0: Well, also, it doesn't seem like there's, um, you know, there's a guy, there's a commenter that said he's, you know, uh, Mark Knutson said that he wrote his Diavel at a track day, you know, like, it mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like, um, it, it doesn't seem like there's Diavels and like, you know, the big monster KTM, Super Duke things. And, you know, it's not like I, I, don't... I like, I couldn't. I couldn't find a class in hooligans to grid up with my two-up sled, right?
1: <laughs> well, so I know it's for like the the liquid-cooled bikes they have engine size, you know, limitations. Yeah. Um, as far as like the air-cooled bikes, they do too, but it's it's fucking big. <laughs> you know, it's 131 cubic inches, which is like what's like 2600, 2700 CCs or something like that. It's a lot.
0: Yeah. Uh, i mean i remember it was like what 120 horse 124 horsepower or something that was the limit or something like that
1: for what it was for stock or something like that
0: yeah yeah so
1: i mean we have some like the super hooligan bikes for i mean the indian ftrs they're pushing 140 150 horsepower on some of them the stock though they're not the stock well no not stock the pan america's stock are doing you know close to 150 no shit yeah, their factory 150 horsepower, which is what they claim, which is you know, more at the craig, not the wheel, obviously. But you know, doing a slip on and an intake and you know a tune, not hard to get 150 horsepower out of those bikes now.
0: Okay. And just by the way, uh, Daniela says that um, because you said don't quote you, she's gonna quote you and hold you responsible. <laughs> so
1: Of course she is. I love her. She's awesome.
0: She's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she's a smart ass. Yeah, she's definitely at that. Yeah, Daniela fits that description for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like she, she's looking for a fight almost. Oh, yeah. Know, she's as so
1: sarcastic as she can be to piss someone off and still not give a fuck. So Right, right. Yeah, it's
0: good times. Good times. I saw her in Daytona earlier this year, man. It was super funny. And she was walking around with Track Day Junkie on leash shit. I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> dude. <laughs> that page is crazy. Dude, I, uh, there's, I've there's been added. I, I, I think I've deleted myself from that page like 20 times. Like, people added me to it so many times. I'm like, what? Is, nope. I'm not getting into that well, dumpster hey, fire.
1: She, hey, Danielle, if you're watching this, add them again. She's watching.
0: Yeah.
1: And look, add no. Him
0: again. No. She knows better. <laughs> she knows that like, I don't need to be getting in that. I get myself in enough trouble with this, this thing I'm talking into this mic with, you know? Mm. I get myself you into don't need plenty... this going oh on. yeah, dude. I don't need this to get in trouble. I'm, I've had, I've been on the receiving end of plenty of one-way conversations this year. Let's just say that, dude. Oh, <laughs> naughty boy. Always, I, you know. I mean, part of, um, you know, kind of part of what makes me successful in this sport, kind of thing, is also the same thing that gets me into trouble.
1: <laughs> yeah, so,
0: yeah. I can live that. It's cool. It's cool. Um. Oh, she wants me to interview her now. Like I, I would. I don't care. Yeah. yeah I you yeah, know, she's a racer too. She is. Yeah. So, um, you know, this so you've traveled across country. You've uh you said Daytona, Pittsburgh, what else? Yeah. Uh you've ridden Sonoma, Laguna uh, yeah, uh uh Utah Motorsport Campus. I love Utah. Dude, I, I love per- that. Track. Did, you, did you ride the perimeter or one of the half? Loops?
1: No, we've done just. So if you're looking at it, I want to say it's the east side. So okay. if you're looking at the track from the paddock, it's the left side. Okay. So I want to say it's the east east side. When I, mean,
0: I yeah yeah I, yeah, I, I love it. It's awesome. It's an awesome bro, track, bro. If you've never ridden the perimeter, you haven't ridden mm-hmm. UMC as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I know. Bro. I know.
1: Richard bro. Finley with, he's been trying to get me out there to go do it. Uh, yeah, with
0: dude. Those guys. like you get a you come out of wind up and release and you get on the straightaway and you've got like. Uh, well, maybe not on my bike, but on your bike. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, I gotta shit on you somehow. Like this much? A, um, yeah, no, it's all good. No, but like seriously, the straightaway is like long enough to microwave a burrito and eat it. <laughs> Fuck yeah! <laughs> and maybe you got oh, time dude. to do your taxes, dude. Like on your bike, you probably got time to do your taxes too. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: it goes it goes pretty fast. We got it. We got it pretty going. We're going pretty good at Daytona. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, it got to the point where we just couldn't get over the, the drag coefficient with no fairing and nothing on it, so.
0: Yeah. Well, you, you tuck down and grab the fork tube like the dirt trackers oh, guys I got, do, I got right?
1: Every time I race with Moto America, I get yelled at because you're not allowed to do that with Moto America.
0: Oh, you're not? You're oh, not. Shit, okay. Yeah, you're
1: supposed to have both hands on the bars, and every time it's, I reach up under the tank and just get as small as I possibly can, even with my fairing that I have on there, and every time it's black flag, get the fuck off the track, hey, both hands.
0: Mm. okay, really? and
1: then we wait until the race, and then it's okay, back to doing normal.
0: What's weird is, like, um, I, I can remember the, the Sportster class, a lot of the guys would do that, you know?
1: Yeah, the XR series, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, the latest one, and then the one that was in the 90s. The oh, yeah. 883 Sportster class, mm-hmm. that was uh, a little history lesson, if you didn't know about that.
1: All, like, 30 horsepower of I you know, don't know I, I mean dude
0: that was like the Bostrom brothers were racing that shit so if you know who they are I do yeah okay yeah Ben gonna, Ben actually I was I gonna say just... you, if you didn't know who they were you could google them <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah let me just uh, yeah, yeah yeah Ben I think just retired again this year because he was riding for the for fueling but he's not this year so hmm
0: so I was gonna ask you this so you've been all these places. Like, what's your, what's your favorite track so far? Have you, wait, let me ask you this. Have you been to High Plains Raceway in Colorado yet? I have not. Bro, that's a good time. Um, so, what's your favorite track on, that you've been on so far? It can't be the little half loop at Utah, is it?
1: No, no, I mean, it's, it's up there. Um, I'm guessing Pittsburgh, right? Or Laguna? Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is awesome. I ran it, I was having some technical difficulties with Pittsburgh. So I, I will be honest. Most of the the, the tracks that I've raced at across the country so far, I've either had fucked myself <laughs> with ride time on the track <laughs> or I've I've had some technical di- like so we went race at Sonoma. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? hey, you know what, I'm going to go from carbureted and just convert my bike to to fuel injected the week prior." And yeah. then hit you, I'll, I'll just find a tuner, and I couldn't find a tuner Let's just here. make
0: a massive change to the bike
1: right before we yeah, go ride it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's so, always good. So, like, a practice was, like, Friday, and I brought my bike Friday morning to the tuner. And they broke some shit on the bike, so we had to get parts. So I didn't get to ride until, like, practice and qualifying Saturday morning. Oh, wow. So no track time, and then was race. And then Utah, we've raced there twice, so I've forgotten track time there. So that's awesome because I got comfortable on the track.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Laguna, for some reason I can't just I can't get the flow with Laguna yet. Wow. Um, well, the first year I was sick, and my shocks were falling apart in the bike. So
0: it was like just let me ask you something. Why were the shocks falling apart? Like, so, uh, you know, I've been racing for. I'm just gonna say this, dude. I've been racing since the 90s. Okay, yeah. never once. And and, dude, I've ridden some clapped out shit, dude. I rode bikes that Andy Palmer built. Okay, like <laughs> I, I rode some shit. <laughs> I've never had a shock fall apart. So like, what? So is with, going
1: all, on all it was was the the castle nut for the spring came loose. So my springs loosened up all the way. Oh wow. So that was it. Uh, so they weren't, like, falling apart. They just <clears throat> came undone. Yeah. And the second time I ran at Laguna was right, like, in the height of... I have multiple bulging discs in my back. So I was, like, right in the height of, like, not... I had to have people pick me up and off the bike just for me oh, to go to shit. Dive. Okay. So super uncomfortable with that, but I was like, hey, fuck it. I'm still going to go race this thing. We got on the podium, which was cool, being all broken and stuff, so it was pretty dope. Um... Yeah, I got you know this last year at Pittsburgh. I got crashed into my first session out. I was pretty pissed about that.
0: It sounds like you're listing off a rap sheet of shit that happens when you go racing.
1: Like <laughs> yeah,
0: dude. It's, it's racing, sucks. dude. Like, I mean, yeah. Yeah, well, mean, and guys. and it's not just you guys. I mean, you if you watched Motor America the last round, right? Even the top team that's won the championship mm-hmm. the last three years, they had they they shit three engines like the first session of the weekend. Oh yeah. Right.
1: Well, there's been a couple going. Let's go across the country and go and do only like six or seven laps and have an engine blow up.
0: Oh man, that's that, that's
1: happened. Daytona happened during the race at Daytona. I got six out of eight laps in, and then she finally let go. But then again, it's Daytona, which is notorious for just eating motors. So
0: even even on our side too, right? Like yeah. I mean, you know, I think my first time to Daytona or second time to Daytona, my friend. <clears throat> um, I, I was hanging out with, my fr- uh, with Jeff Bostrom, who's Ben and Eric's cousin. And I think Jeff shit an engine, like, the very first session. And, you know, he was going there with nose fares, you know, having to, like, buy an engine, you know, and have it overnighted to the track, you know, Thursday night or whatever. So that
1: actually happened to me with Milwaukee. We, we built a brand-new engine. And I was like, okay, we don't need to bring a spare because it's a brand new motor. We should be all right. So I put my spare motor back into my, <laughs> my dyno that I rode on the street every day. Yeah. And we got, like, four or five laps in and then smoked the motor. Oh, wow. No backup motor, no nothing. So it's like, well, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, that's racing, right? Yeah. But yeah. I'm, I'm still I'm still waiting for that one weekend where I don't have to touch a wrench at all, except for the tires <laughs> and brake pads.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude, I... I I, I My goal when I go to the racetrack is to just ride the bike. And so I try to get somebody to work for me on, on the weekends to, to make it so I can kind of focus mm-hmm. on what I need to focus on on track. And sometimes that is – sometimes I'm better at accomplishing that than other times. Yeah. Um, I mean,
1: I have – the big thing is, is, you know, the more I get, I've gotten better with it and the program's gotten better – where I'm touching the bike less, I'm able to progress exponentially more on the track. Yeah. You know, because all the energy yeah. is not going into, well, fix, 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 replace, fix, fix, fix.
0: Well, That's that, easy. I mean, you know, I, I ride an R1, bro. I don't, I don't, I usually don't have to fix, 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 but. Yeah, we all, I, well,
1: I hear you. We're, we're constantly fixing <laughs> shit, so. Well,
0: your, your bike is, uh, um, well, anyway, going. Before I go into that, like what um of all the favorite tracks you've track. ridden so far, what's your favorite track that you've gotten to race on so oh. far? I I thought it might be a toss-up between Pittsburgh and, and Laguna, but you know.
1: I, I love both of them. I just I, I wanna go get more more seat time at Laguna. Um and do that again for sure and just get comfortable on the track. Yeah. And then go and do Pittsburgh again without having a broken foot and a broken leg. And yeah. rotors that are, you know, calipers that are locking up on you.
0: Okay. Which is what I dealt
1: with in April at,
0: at Pittsburgh. And it's Wait, awesome your calipers me. were locking up on you? Like, Yeah. What?
1: So we, sent, we, we sent them back to the manufacturer to, say, hey, we need to do some testing to see why they keep, they were locking up. Okay. Because it's actually happened a couple of times. And they're a new, a new caliper by, it's a well-known caliper company, but it's pretty new. And as far as bikes racing with them. There's only two Harleys that I'm aware of, period, as far as... And even the sport bikes. Oh, really? And the other guy that has them, he's probably running like 20 to 30 seconds slower than I am. Okay. So.
0: Yeah. Um... I, I, mean, so I mean, is pitch, it like a sponsor? Th- is it a sponsor thing? Th- why you're running those? Or
1: uh, yes and no. It's a sponsor thing. I didn't have to. I've been. I mean, I've been running the Tokyo's for years and been just fine with them.
0: Yeah, like the with uh, Jixter calipers or something. Yeah, or the stock Jixter calipers. Okay. But I mean, we're
1: at the point now we're needing to have more braking. So I always wanted to try something new. Yeah. So now it's.
0: I mean. Is it a sponsor thing, or is it like, what caliper company is that? And like, you know, can so we there, make a suggestion? Like, so, you know, because I'll, I'm just gonna lay it out for you, man. Like, when you're club racing or racing in general, dude, I have this saying, and I've I've, I've said it for years, right? And you might have even heard me say this. Like, cheap shit is still shit. Yeah. Right. Oh, hundred percent. So, a free shit is still shit. So, you know, I mean, sometimes, sometimes it's better to just. You know, buy the good stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, I, I partner up with with Galfer. I've been there with them for the past couple Hi. years. <laughs> um, and then they partner up with Nissan. okay, some,
0: some calipers.
1: So they're Nissan okay.
0: calipers.
1: Okay. And they're they're monoblock. So I was like, hey, these are should be a, a pretty good. Yeah, Nissan's from...
0: a pretty reputable brand. Of yeah, Gallifer? I mean they got they got some yo know, some guys in MotoGP
1: running them and you know, World Superbike running them. So I was like, you know what? They're new. I need some more braking, so I'll be a test mule. But not really a test mule, because most test mules get parts for free. So I, I had to pay for the calipers. Right. You know, obviously at discount through your know, Galfer. Yeah. But yeah, so now it's we're you know, I'm going back and forth with Galfer and then going back and forth with Nissan over in Japan to figure out why we're having these issues.
0: Hmm. I mean, is it could it be the weight of the thing?
1: <laughs> Sorry about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, no worries, man. You're a dad. It happens. Um, so is that is that like, a, is it just like the, the manufacturer's not accounting for the weight of the motorcycle that it's having to well, so stop?
1: That's, that's what we're doing. Well, so what I was told by one of the reps at Galfer when they were in the process of making these calipers was hey we're teaming up these guys to make the caliper specifically for Harley's for the heavier bikes. Okay. So I was like, well sweet, that would you know, that would be awesome since we are running five hundred plus pounds, you know. And we'll test him out. So after well that dude's no longer with Galfer, or he's kinda is, you know, off to the side or whatever. And then talking with the CEO with of Galfer, with Alessandro, he's like, yeah, we never designed these for, for the heavier bikes. Okay. So now, now I'm in the process of doing all this stuff with Nissan, which you will know, went through Galfer of, where's the weight at? How much the bike weighs? Where's the bias of the weight? Where's the center of gravity? And you know, all these things that they need to say. Okay, how much braking pressure we're we using?
0: And I'm running smaller. Are you are you running a data logger with a brake pressure sensor on there so you could no. report back to them how many bar of pressure that you're? So what do you yes. like? I mean. <laughs> It doesn't sound super scientific right now, right?
1: No, it's not it's you're know,
0: <laughs> like you're using your butt dyno and, basically, and, and right? we we're,
1: we're I'm racing on a <laughs> 32-year-old bike that has been Frankenstein together in my own garage. You know, over the past 5 years. So as far and, it, and we're still still on a very very tight budget. Yeah. So I still don't even have like a solo to like data logger to do track times on my bike yet, which I should have gotten, you know, fucking years ago. Um, but as far as like getting stuff like that, you know, potentiometers and doing all that stuff to be able to see what's doing what. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I
0: don't have that kind of, I mean, even a brake pressure sensor would give you, Mm. you know, on the data logger. If you have one, you know, you'd need Mm. a data logger to go with the sensor. Right. But if you had a brake pressure sensor, you could report back to the manufacturer and be like, yeah, you know, in this corner, we're getting this much brake pressure, you know. Uh, you know, I'm giving, let's just say, 15 bar, you know. I'm breaking 15 bar in the thing, and the caliper is bending. So. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, well, it's between that and I'm also running a little bit smaller rotors than even what you guys are running. You know, I'm okay. only running that's a 310-millimeter rotor, so it's a 12.6-inch rotor. Yeah. Uh, which is a little small for what yeah. we're doing. Yeah. Uh, but it's been working. I mean, I've had the goes on there, and I'm running, yo, know, like 57s at Chuck now and stuff like that. So it's, we're, they're working. I'm making the brakes work, but it was once we got into these these calipers, we started having these issues. So it's kind well, of. Well, Chuck Walla, you don't really have to brake hard anywhere. No, so. actually, once I stopped using my brakes as much, I started going faster. <laughs> of just manning up and just throwing it into the fucking corner, I
0: guess you can say. Yeah. It. So. sending it you're you're yeah, sending it more much. nice well nice. talking
1: with with uh actually what really helped us out with that was actually talking with cody wyman okay because he's racing he's, he's racing all the time and you know between what he's doing with uh, he has a test rider with harley and then with his brothers uh he's always always talking with us and he's trying to get data and trying to help us go faster he's like hey stop smashing on the fucking brakes dude go lighter yeah. and longer and carry the yeah. And once we did that it was like, okay, we're dropping you know, half seconds at a time now.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, I had that almost that same moment at Chukwala with Fuzzy, right? So mm-hmm. Fuzzy, was Fuzzy. Help, Fuzzy was Fuzzy was helping me out with suspension, you know, and we have that whole ice cream melting ice cream sandwich story. Mm-hmm. Um that's how I described what my suspension was doing, and he looked at me like I was talking like I, I was like mentally challenged. He's <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> And, uh, anyway, so, you know, he's like, hey, like the first weekend we worked together, he's like, hey, did you used to ride a 600? I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, everything makes sense now. And um, so I was, I I guess he saw the way I was riding, and it looked like I was, you know, know, revving out the lower gears for a long time, Mm -hmm. jamming on the brakes super hard, and then trying to chase it in the middle with throttle, and um he's like hey man just let go of the fucking brake lever and let the thing roll and i'm like what so i went out there and you know obviously i I did the lighter longer thing but i was able to i was like using the brake lever like a safety blanket because you know riding a thousand's Mm. scary um and immediately went from 51s (laughs) to 48s just like boom oh no shit
1: yeah i've I've had fuzzies so i'm like hey stop being a pussy
0: yeah, and I've had that conversation. Yeah. Same
1: thing. Stop using your brakes. Stop you know, yeah. don't be a pussy and fuck send it into the turn. It's gonna go. So
0: by the way, uh uh Knudsen saying, Can can we can we get this man at least an AIM data unit? Like, come on, aim hook a brother <laughs> up with some data. <laughs> right, so well, yeah, like you know awesome. what? I mean maybe I, I mean, agree with him. Yeah, I mean, isn't there um Maybe maybe we'll ask we'll ask around see if we could score you some kind of data logger or something give you a break pressure sensor or something. Yeah, it would be um, awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know what? After the show, I'll 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 send a message to somebody. Like I'm not sponsored by them or anything, but I know somebody mm-hmm. at Aim, maybe we could hook a brother up. Cuz man, that you know, like when you're trying to do R&D for something it would be helpful to have scientific data that you could present them so they could see, you know, what kind of pressure that you're putting on that
1: so stuff. Like like four years ago, I know you'll bring it back to the OGs with Eric and Tony. Eric was working with AIM because they're right up here in Elsinore. Yeah. And obviously they didn't have anything that we can plug into the bike to say, okay, let's get data off of what your throttle position is and what this is doing and what that's doing. Like you yeah. guys can with your guy's stuff. So there was works or there was talk of things happening of, hey, we're going to make something that can be plugged into you know, the data port on a Harley. Yeah. So we start getting data off the bike itself instead of, like, of having just a zip-tied
0: well, screen. Well, I mean, look, the, the Solo thing is pretty simple, but I, I'm i pretty sure you can put a channel on there, uh, and the brake pressure sensor is just a little sensor that plugs in mm-hmm. in line with your brake line, right? Like that, oh, yeah, it's definitely you know.
1: something that that would be awesome to do any any kind of data acquisition would be awesome,
0: yeah, so yeah, yeah, you need that, bro, like if you're doing r and d, man like when when I was doing um, I used to do r and d stuff for brake tech, and they would send me different sets of pads and different rotors and things, and dude, I'd have to get the set of calipers out, measure before how mm-hmm. and then. You know, keep track of how many laps we did and measure after and send the pads back, you know, like that. Kind Actually, of stuff.
1: I want to I talk to you about some brake tech stuff
0: after after
1: we're done with this guy.
0: OK. Brake tech stuff. Yeah. what's that Your work? S- Yeah. I mean, we could Just talk it s- now. I don't care. Like we'll great. wait till after. We'll wait oh, till you after. don't want to do it on the show? <laughs> Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's gotta be uh
1: somewhat political with something sometimes, you know. Okay, Uh,
0: I mean, look, you know, uh, are you trying to get some help from Jeff or?
1: Well, so I mean, at the moment, we're still working with Galfer and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, trying to see where that goes. That's not set in stone for this season, but Break has approached us as a team. Yeah. and uh, say, hey, we kinda we might wanna, you know, help see what you guys what we can do for Dude, you guys. Dude, I'll, I'll tell
0: it, you what, so. man, uh Jeff Gares is really switched on with this stuff. He spent a lot of time doing a lot of R and D on those uh the rotors and stuff that he makes and different friction materials and everything. So you know I see I
1: see what you do there. So now you got me actually talking about it. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, see, because yeah. I know the guy, like
0: he's, and he's right there by you as well. Right. He's like, mm-hmm. in, I think he's like Lake Elsinore too. He,
1: he, right. Yeah. He's in Lake Elsinore.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, um, yeah, the brake tech stuff and, and, you know, Jeff's this big time Frodo guy, Frodo brake pads, but um, yeah, I mean, dude, he's got those, um, I think they're called axis rotors and it's like uh, the way the carrier is a little bit different. So the rotor sits on the carrier a little bit different, but it's, they they have ductile iron stuff. I don't. I mean, you guys can probably run the ductile iron stuff in hooligans, right? Or no? Oh, I'm not sure. Yeah, you might look into that because that might help you. That ductile iron shit that Jeff's got. I don't know. Yeah. Like, and like I said, I I'm not sponsored by him, but I know the guy, and I know the guy is like super switched on, you know. Or you might be able to do something with those Tokikos and put like um, the titanium pistons in there.
1: Well, the Tokyo's, I've never had issues with them locking up or overheating. Uh, we had issues with brake fade, but we switched to, like, the RBF 700, and that got rid of the brake fade. Well, along with that, and then
0: going to, like, the carbon brake pads, that helped a lot. So, there's a lot I of got, stuff that we've been I, I I have some commenters about the Solo stuff, and they're like, where's Chloe at? Can we get him a Solo 2 DL I've, I've at talked least?
1: To, I've, I've ta- every time I see Chloe at Chuck, I'm like, hey, you will know, give her, like, a little nudge, like, hey, I need a... I need like a lap timer or something. You know. Yeah, and
0: then uh, yeah, the Solo Two has a canvas on there, so the sky's the yeah. limit. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you you could plug into some shit and learn, you know, on your nineteen ninety one Dyna or whatever FX whatever
1: FXR, not a
0: Dyna. They're all the uh, same, dude. They all look the They're same. Not, they
1: look the same. That's like me saying a Yamaha and a Suzuki look the same.
0: I don't know. Like all the Harleys this, look the same for me. me. They do. Yeah, all
1: the sport bikes look the same, dude. So, I mean, it is like it is. oh, the I mean, blue one. Yeah, <laughs> the blue right. one with the silver stuff on the backside. Yeah, all right. Yeah, dude. Yeah.
0: Right on. Yeah, I mean that that, that stuff would be helpful to you, man. Um, have you have you taken any coaching? Have you gotten any one on one stuff? I mean, besides the shit that we used to do back in the day at Chuck.
1: No, it's pretty much all the same as that, y'all. Cody will jump in behind me, and he'll he'll troll he'll get behind me, and then he'll jump in front of me and tell me for a bit, just like during practice and stuff like that. He'll do that, um, and then I've asked some of the guys at Apex, as, you know, with Apex Assassins, and they'll yeah. do it you know, occasionally and <clears throat> stuff like that.
0: And then, but like lug nuts and tie or what? Yeah, yeah,
1: all those guys. Okay. You know, When they when they come zooming past me, and, you know, Flip, and Do then,
0: they? But do they do the fun stuff like I used to do to you guys, like drag me no, around no, you, flip you no, off, no, wheelie no, right like, next to your head, like you that got, kind of shit? You got
1: to the point where you were like, okay, wheeling next to us waving. Okay, that's like, <laughs> fuck you. It's like if nothing says you're slow, like someone wave, you know, doing a wheelie one-handed past you. I don't recall doing that. No, not at all. We don't do wheelies at track days. That's not <laughs> fun. Um But you got to the point there for a bit where you started, like, rubbing with us because we were actually coming out and racing. Yeah. So you're like, well, you got to be comfortable, dude. Yeah. And no one does that with us because they're too afraid that we move around too much or something's going to fall off the fucking bike
0: or whatever. Here's the secret, bro. Here's the secret. I'm just dumber than they are. (laughs) No, the thing is, like – I. I, I had been watching you guys. What you guys didn't realize, I was watching you guys. So I was okay knowing where you guys mm-hmm. were going to be because I'd already been watching you. You know?
1: Well, that's, we, we can tell like who actually cares and who's paying attention for guys that do come up and talk or, you know, will come and say, hey, this is what you're doing. This, try this yeah. to see if it helps. You know, kind of like what you did and some of the other guys, you know, do now. Yeah. It's because they're actually paying attention, not just all right. of oh, these fucking guys on the track and then they go out about their business. They wanna right. see us succeed. They wanna see us progress as riders and get better and faster. So and that we, yeah. we love all those guys and, and what you did and all that stuff that helped us progress to actually become like racers and not just like a laughing stock of hey, these guys are out here just trying to go slow on the track.
0: Well the thing is like what motivated me to to go after you guys and try to help push you through that window was that you guys kept coming back. And you guys you guys had your little huddle going. And you guys, mm-hmm. you know, you, I, I came up one time and you guys had a track map out. You guys were, like, trying to figure shit out. And so to me, it looked like you guys were taking it serious, you know? So I was like, well, shit, let's try to steer these guys and get them going, you know? So. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, and that still happens. The track maps, if, if someone comes over in the paddock and they're asking questions, first thing is ask, where the fuck's your track map? Yeah. Oh, I don't have one why don't you? Right. Don't get one. And then we're going to start doing some homework and I got homework for you for tonight and then going to tomorrow. And then I do the same thing for all the other guys. Like, Hey, what do you do here? Yeah. How did you figure this one out or overcome this issue? And right. Right. Why not? If it, it, why close yourself off? Yeah. When you can, you know, be open and learn, be better.
0: That's awesome, man. So you know, this is, you're, you are a club racer, so I love talking to club racers, you know, because like I said, I'm an IT guy, you know, there's, I, you know, Brandon Murphy is a firefighter, right? Everybody mm. does different Like, what do you do for a living? Because this sport clearly isn't like the, it's not golf, you know? It's not, it's <laughs> not, bo- it, this ain't bowling, you know what I mean? Like, no. it's ain't a bowling league. So, yeah, what, you, what you is it that? Yeah. What do you, What do you do uh, for a living, man?
1: So I I actually work on motorcycles. I work on Harleys. <laughs> um, now I know why your
0: race bike's broken down. <laughs> yeah, I'm
1: working on everyone else's shit more than my own. Um, but yeah, I work you at know, a shop and on Harleys all day. You know everything from doing your basic maintenance stuff to doing full on you know six figure builds. Oh, really? So yeah, are you working in so, like a
0: Harley dealer? Or are you working at like no, an independent no, okay. shop or an in, independent shop, something
1: that's tucked away nice and quiet that doesn't have we're not a retail locations like that. We just we're no bullshit we build motorcycles.
0: Okay. So oh so you guys are building customer bikes.
1: Oh yeah, so you you bring us your Harley and say, hey I want I want here's my budget and I want this much power. Or I want to do this and this and this. Okay, cool let's let's build you a motorcycle
0: and, and and paint and all that and all the chrome shit full, or whatever
1: full motor work to full body work we do fucking everything no so, shit okay to to fabricating and welding and yeah
0: so is it like the modern day version of the choppers you know you're doing that shit or is it like what or are they baggers yeah, we do
1: more along, yeah more along those, the lines of like the performance side of things you know as far as like the baggers and the soft tails and stuff go uh i mean don't get me wrong there's still those guys that want to come and have it as low as possible the ground and have a million speakers on their bike you know and, and you guys do that it pays the bills dude <laughs> <laughs> you
0: yeah, know like Yeah, I guess. Yeah,
1: I'm not not a fan of it because I'm a performance guy. I like to go fast. I like to turn fast and brake fast. Adding, you know, another 400 pounds of speakers and amplifiers and 500 feet of wire is Well, you
0: got to have – I mean, did you hang out at Daytona at night?
1: Yeah, we we camped at the – I mean, dude, we were drag racing at Daytona in the paddock at night. Okay,
0: yeah. So, uh, man, I, I wish I would have taken you to that chicken wings place. <laughs> oh, in we went out. It. Yeah, we went in out into the, the town out.
1: and all that stuff, dude. We yeah. went out into the town and we seen. Yeah, we do do that. wheel where it's the big stretch bags and fender and underglow and
0: yeah, we, the giant not, like thirty inch front wheel. Yes. is that yeah. the kind of we, you're doing the thirty inch wheel at the we, shop? We, we,
1: we do do it. Yeah, we do Okay, do like it. what? Um, that's not like who makes it?
0: Who makes a tire for that thing?
1: <laughs> Fucking Shinko is like the biggest one that makes. Are tires you serious? For
0: the They're like, yeah, (laughs) dude, that's a sweet looking 30 inch wheel. But hey, I'm going to wrap that, you know, $2,500 front wheel in, or how much are those? I just threw that. Three
1: three grand plus. I mean, the bigger you get, the more they
0: cost. So 30 inch front front wheel. wheel. Yeah. So I got a 30 inch, $3,000 front wheel and I'm going to wrap it in a $75 (laughs) Shinko.
1: Yes, (laughs) dude. Yes. And yeah man that's how it is it's like i'm I'm gonna put shinkos on my bike i'm gonna put 50 strips of underglow on my bike and have five thousand dollars with the stereo but i'm gonna run a hundred dollar front wheel front tire yeah yeah and that's that's what a lot of these guys do it's like dude you can't do that i mean
0: i you know i have seen some of the bikes that have that wheel you know and the bikes i saw in daytona were pretty fucking nuts Mm-hmm. Not my not my style, but I get it. You know, I'm like, you know what? It's all right. Like, it's cool. But, like, it's not it's not my thing, you know?
1: No, it's not my thing. I mean, we build some that make... I, I like power. And we do build some that make a lot of power. You know, whether it's a turbo or a pro charger or it's a straight
0: naturally aspirated
1: battery. A that pro charger.
0: Transport. Oh, yeah. That's shit that I hear about, like, in, you know, street outlaw stuff, you know? Like, in cars. what Like... Tell me how a ProCharger – what the hell is uh, – what is that? So it's, it's a, like super a supercharger. Charger?
1: Okay. It's a super – it's a belt-driven supercharger, but it's not like a root-style supercharger that you have, okay. like, sitting on top of your motor with twin screws. These, like, you look at it, and it has, like, a compressor housing kind of like a turbo does.
0: Okay. But okay. instead of
1: having a hot side <clears throat> for the exhaust to spin the turbine, you're using a belt drive. Okay. You know, whether it's off your, your crank off your car – or for like for the Harley's, do we have to do a whole new primary case that does this whole crazy transformation of the you know that whole side of the bike to make that a build drive? System. So
0: you're you're building burnout machines basically, right? Yeah, burnout machines.
1: We we we've been building a couple of the race bikes that race with us. Okay. As far as like the baggers and soft tails and stuff like that, and then a lot we do a lot of the performance baggers. You know, jack them up. Put you know some old or you know or GP suspension on them.
0: Yeah. Some, I know, you know G P so. did a lot of work with the with the Harley Bagger Indian type stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they still do. They still do. That's cool. And you know, um, here's one thing I've noticed. Um just walking around the paddock at Daytona and whatever. I've noticed a lot of those guys are running the same wheels that I have on my R one, like the Coromoto clear uh, anodized yeah.
1: ones. I want a set of them, dude. I want a yeah. set of those car They're They're badass wheels, dude. They're awesome. Yeah? Because I'm still running, like, stock Jixxer wheels on my bike. Okay. I was wondering. So, like, so a lot of the Harley guys, they go out and they'll get, like, some of the aftermarket wheels that are made by the same companies that make your big wheel, you know, for the big wheel baggers. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, J-Affiliate and, and SMT and all these guys that are making the 17s now. And same with Lindell. They make 17s. But – for me personally, I'm I like the weight saving side of things. Yeah. So as far as like a cheap thing, like I said, my bike's a budget build bike. You know, even now it's, you know, I got that set of Jixxer wheels with carrier and rotors and everything for like 120 bucks.
0: Oh wow. Okay. So yeah, you're looking at like what 2,500 for a set of Coromoto wheels, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you don't wanna you don't wanna put 2,500 dollars wheels on the 500. dollars You know. <laughs> No, I mean, I got no, enough money I'm not shitting on college. you. I'm just, like, overestimate, you know. But, yeah. A little distraction again. Sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, no, I, I do want some, some some nice wheels, but I don't want to sacrifice, okay, I want to go get, you know, a $3,000 set of wheels and then gain 15, 20 pounds of unsprung mass on the bike.
0: Right. You right.
1: Know, so, I that's not – that's why I keep running the Stock Tricks to Wheels is – they're still magnesium, and they're still super light wheels.
0: Um, I'm, I'm getting some comments. This is really fun. Um, this is this is Knutson. He's like a regular uh, viewer of the show, but he's like, I love those effing Shinkos. And then he says, oh, said no one ever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you get those guys that are like, oh, yeah, but they're cheap. I can get them on a budget. It's like, yeah, but you're spending more money per rotation of tire. like." Well, you have to buy two sets of Shinkos for one set of fucking tires.
0: Well, that goes you know, into what I said before, right? What did I say about cheap shit? It's still shit. Yeah,
1: yeah. So. It's still shit. And that, the Shinkos, you know, I hate, to, I hate to shit on people, but Shinko, when we first started the racing thing, Shinko approached me like, hey, we want to sponsor you for tires for their slicks. And they're they're honest
0: with wait, me. Wait, 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 wait. Slink Shinko makes slicks. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: they're they're honest with me. They were like they were straight up. They're honest. Like hey, they don't have a really good profile. They're pretty flat. And they get really greasy when they
0: get up when they get up to temperature. That sounds super okay. confidence inspiring. <laughs>
1: so it's like okay, the two things I don't like. Want hey, just as
0: heads up. Our tires are pretty shit. But hey, you want some? <laughs>
1: But they're free. Though. Like, here, this stinks. Free. Smell it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. So it's like, yeah, yeah, I you know, I can't be running around on a tire that has a flat profile and turns into grease when I'm trying to ride on the fucking thing. Like, I appreciate right. the offer. I thank you guys for it. But change up your program a little bit, and then we can talk later, maybe. You know,
0: I mean, about, I don't know, 20 years ago, maybe, um, there was the colored tires. You remember those?
1: Oh, everyone the, was doing those, especially the Harleys, because everyone the ran tomahawk, them like the,
0: the Tomahawk tires, they, they were like retreads. Well,
1: Shinko did that for a while, too. They called it the oh, Shinko really? Tire Bombs or whatever it was. And the Harley guys soaked it up, because everyone was doing the wheelies, and the tire to go to was the Shinkos, because they are super sticky, and they squish, so you get a nice, fat you know, footprint. Yeah. And since everyone started running those, to so do wheelies on them. Like, oh, well, we'll start making smoke bombs or everywhere. We and they did. They said, you know they're orange and blue and these different fucking colors. And it was you know, $120 for a fucking rear tire. And it makes cool colors when you do a burnout on it.
0: Still well, that's just... what you're looking for when you go racing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right. So, you know, smoke screens for everyone. So,
0: so, this shop that you're working at and you're building these bikes and performance stuff and show stuff, basically, right? We do um, we do a
1: lot, of, we do do some show stuff too. It's, so, it,
0: yeah. uh, Knudsen's asking, like, you know, what's what's the estimated cost with the bagger build for a race bike?
1: For a race bike, it depends on how deep you want to go into it because we, it's <laughs> well,
0: like it's our side too, bro.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, for us, yeah. we still have we can still stick with like the conventional front fork style with like what the Harleys are. And, but, you know, we can go taller and we can do cartridges, the same thing with what we would put in an inverted front end. Okay. Obviously we have a little bit less overlap than you would in an inverted front end. And it depends on, okay, what swing arm do you want to do? Are you doing a, a uh, what aluminum subframe or are you going to stick with the stock subframe on the bike? Okay. And then are we doing carbon fiber? What wheels are we doing? What exhaust are we doing? What, what are we doing for motor? There's a big one. Cause obviously with all the every, with everything, same with same with you guys, evolves around the budget. So right. So if you want a race bike for a bagger, first we're gonna start off with what can you afford? Because I'm not gonna go through this and say, well, this is what's gonna cost. And you say, well, I don't have eighty thousand dollars. I only have five. Because then it's just a waste of time. So yeah, what's your budget? And what are you trying to do with the bike? You know, are you trying to drag race it? Are we doing shows? Are you gonna go out carve the twisties? Or are you going to go out and try to race, you know, the bagger racing lady and king of the baggers?
0: Okay. So, so does it does it work like this? The dude just shows up, rando, and you do the walkthrough with them, or do they come well, in with just, a plan already, or how's it so go? Like,
1: like I said, we're, we're, we're a pretty private shop, you know, independent shop. We're not a retail location, so you can't just like Google our address and just show up to the shop. Everything's okay. by appointment only. Everything's by you know phone call. Hey, yo! I got. I heard from you from so and so, or I found you online. I want you to work on my bike. Okay, cool. What do you want to do? Well, I want to do this. Okay. You want said stuff done? Okay. Well, why do you want to do it? And what's your purpose of doing it? Yeah, we'll talk a lot of guys out of doing it because they'll. Well, my buddy said I had to do this and this and this and this, and you know it turns out to be fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. And their buddy's and we'll talk an idiot. Yeah, and we'll talk to them and say, hey dude, you only need to go spend like three or four thousand dollars instead of fifteen thousand dollars. Okay. And get the same thing out of it, you know, for what they did. So what's your budget and what are you trying to do with the motorcycle? So, Especially with the race race side of things.
0: So you guys are building some race stuff. Are you guys um using any of that like screaming eagle stuff that uh, that Wyman's developing? So like that with stuff's the, available for sale, supposedly, right?
1: It is. So you have to be a race team. You have to be a licensed racer. Yeah. To, to do so, and Harley still has the ability to say no. Oh, really? They don't have they yeah. don't have to sell you anything. Um, okay. It's available. It has to be available by what Motor America rules are, but they can still tell you no. Um, wow. But to do all that, to go with the screaming eagle stuff. Is ex- I mean, if you want to build an $80,000 bagger on top of you buying the $40,000 bagger. Have at it, the Screaming bro. Eagles, the Screaming Eagle stuff for the bolt-on stuff will get you there real quick. Really? Because their shit's very expensive. Yeah, it's cool, and it's awesome. Now, obviously, it works because they're out there doing some amazing Ruining things. Ruining people. With these, yeah, they're, they're doing some some awesome things with these fucking race bikes, but they're expensive. Yeah. It is fucking expensive.
0: Is it? I mean, it's got to be expensive because I mean, it, a lot of that stuff is CNC machined parts, and there's not very many of them, right? So it's not like yeah, it's not like on our side of the things where there's like eight million dudes with R ones, right? It's like mm-hmm. there's like ten of you, you know. So like <laughs>
1: yeah, well, as far as like the aftermarket side goes, yeah, there's a couple of companies that make some pretty awesome <clears throat> swing arms. You, know, you got Lar, which is what I run on the race bike, and you get guys that. Buy those swing arms and stuff like that just for their street bikes for oh know, really baggers yeah because you know, they want to jack it up get taller or make it look better or just lose thirty pounds in a swing arm yeah you because know, a stock swing arm weighs like forty five pounds on these on a, on a bagger oh wow that's crazy so <laughs> I mean there's a, a lot of the aftermarket companies but with what Harley is doing I mean they got so much R and D in these things to you know, allow a certain amount of flex for certain tracks, kind of like what like the high-end sport bike teams are doing with. We're going to swap the swinger arm out for this track because it's got less or more flex in it.
0: Right. They yeah, can I, mean, to do know, that. I mean, you uh, know, I mean, the team I'm working with, you know, I have for years attack. Mm-hmm, um yeah. they, like, make their own. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's, it's a trip, and there's been multiple generations of the swinger that he's made, but... You know, most of the private, most of the guys that aren't making their own, which is everyone, are, are pretty much <laughs> yeah. are pretty much running the suitor stuff, on our side, the sport bike okay. side, you know. Yeah, um, so it's a
1: toss up between a, a couple of the companies. I mean, the Harley one's so so expensive. I mean, so okay. to lay it out, so Harley makes. It sure does things.
0: look cool. Like, I mean, yeah, why? What, swing what's, what's arm looks it? legit, dude. I,
1: I, if I could afford one, I would. Hang one up on my wall just because it looks so damn good. Yeah. So, Harley's got two different variations of that swing arm. They have the one piece billet swing arm, which is like a $30,000 swing arm. Right. And then they have their three piece swing arm, which bolts together and then gets welded together. And that one's fucking $8,500.
0: No shit.
1: Yes. And that's their cheap one. Now you the cheap ones eighty five hundred dollars. Eighty five hundred dollars, <laughs> and, you
0: know,
1: and you know if you go off, like get the LAR one, which is what I run, what my teammate runs, a bunch of the other guys run, or some of these other companies, you know you're looking at like twenty five to three grand for an aluminum swing arm. Right. You know, so budget. I mean, you can go. There's some other aftermarket ones that you can go budget, and they're truly budget.
0: It's well, not something
1: I would run on my cheap bike. Cheap shit
0: is still shit, right? Precisely. So, yeah. So, yeah, the hundred
1: screaming so, uh, shit is extremely expensive.
0: There's there's a couple more comments coming in. Um, you know, D Rock says it's uh, you know the purpose is to be cool. Um, yeah. So and then um, Knutson comes back and he says he feels like Indian and in HD. Are, are investing about the same as the superbike development? I think they're well, investing more, actually.
1: Well, I don't know what the superbike development is, as far as like what Attack or you know some of the factory teams does. Yeah. I mean, I have a pretty good idea what Harley spent last year uh, on their the race development and what they had for a budget. I know this year they they went higher. So, um, like
0: ballpark, you know, spit it. So, when we
1: raced Laguna Seca last year, they were at like five and a half million dollars. No shit. And they more than doubled it for the last half of the season.
0: Fuck off, really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so I, they're dumping,
1: they're dumping dude, money. Dude, there's no fucking money.
0: Dude, if Richard had five million bucks a year, I can only imagine what he'd be able to do.
1: Yeah, but it's Harley Davidson, so they, I mean, yeah. it's, not a, it's not a fucking brand, bro. It's a lifestyle. Right. So, they got so much, I mean, you go out, you go to a Harley dealership, and you spend $50 on a fucking t-shirt. Right. You know, $60 on a fucking sticker. They can afford to, you know what, say, hey, you know what, we have so much money, let's go throw a couple million dollars in, in
0: doing whatever. Hey, that sounds like a good time, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: know about it, dude. Yeah, but, dude. Which actually, which actually it kind of pissed us off, dude, because. When we were doing this Harley racing thing, we couldn't get them to like, tag, repost. We couldn't get them to do shit with us. Yeah. And then the first year, the king of the baggers, they sold and want nothing to do with it. And then obviously Tyler O'Hara and Indian came out swinging and crushed everyone. And so that now was Harley's it. Like, and that Harley's like, well, now we have to. Right. Right. So I'm not sponsored by Harley. We don't get any assistance by Harley. So whatever.
0: So. Wow. Okay. Roll up those sleeves.
1: Well, dude, someone had someone to be honest with you, somebody asked me in Pittsburgh, because everyone's like, well, when do you want to start racing a bagger? Dude, I'm, I'm a single dad. And I, you know, I'm, I'm working full-time, retired, and I'm still trying to race. Like, you know, someone wants to give me a bagger or pay for me to build a bagger. Right. Um, well, someone's like, well, would you race an Indian? You want me to be honest? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. You want me, if someone's going to say, hey, we got a full ride for you, it would be dumb for me to say no,
0: regardless of who it is. Right. So. Yeah that that makes sense. That makes sense. I'd race, I'd that, race an Indian. That's that razor life, you know. Um, it, I mean, it, it's looking more and more fun. And originally, dude, when it when the first baggers came out to Laguna, I was like, Nah, I'm good. <laughs> 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 right. It's
1: but fun. now it's awesome.
0: now it looks it looks more and more interesting, you know. Um, and yeah, they're getting had, better at, they're getting better at like staying together too.
1: Yeah. So. Well, we're building a, Well, the, the bikes that we had out there when you, you were, were still with us and all that stuff. Like I said, mine was garage built and it, it was built on an extreme budget. Everything was like takeoff parts. What can I get for free? What was a blemish that a company was willing to give me? Like, it, we were using takeoff tires from the fuck tile, tire pile, you know, which may or may not still happen here and there. Um, so, with it, yeah, there's been more money put into it now. Yeah, to help keep them together.
0: Yeah, and so. So, with your own with your own racing program, like, what's your, you know, what's your best moment? Like, you're racing and you, was it a battle? Was it like a, was it a, a massive scrap? You beat your buddy? Like, what you know, what was it?
1: So, you know, I, I, I will say this. So, most of the highlights that I've had as far as racing goes have actually been right alongside Tony with Bailey. Really? Tony. Uh, oh, yeah. Because he's not a he's not Are afraid you beating
0: him? him? Y- yes. You're beating Tony. Okay.
1: Uh, cool. Well, this to be clear. season. Tony, <laughs> uh, love you, Tony. I know you're watching this. Uh, but he's beaten me a lot, too. I mean, it's been, there's, dude, we've been a lot of back and forth. And I will say, like the best battle we had, that was like awesome because my kids were there, and, and everyone was there, and it was like, it was actually the last time we last summer at uh, Utah. Okay. Only went we went went at it pretty pretty hard, um, up until like the last lap, and then I got around them and just I just tried to check out as fast as I could, and <clears throat> ended up winning that one. Wow. And that and to be honest. It, Fucking half the times that we race at Chuck Wall against each other, yeah. I'm so just going out there and banging bars and just getting at it. Um, so yeah, that was awesome. And then, yeah, so Utah. Now I want to say this this April at Pittsburgh was pretty awesome. Yeah, because we went, you know, two for two for the number one number one spot with all the issues we were having, and then first time racing in the rain. So that was pretty. What would you think of you racing know? in the rain? Dude, to be honest with you, with the weight and rain tires and stuff like that, it wasn't very much different than racing in the dry. just got to be a little more gentler with your inputs.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so take once... – take, you know, it, it just uh, do all your movements more deliberately and earlier, right?
1: So we actually had no practice. It was straight like, hey, we we're awesome. Practice of qualifying it was sunny, and then the rain came in. Okay, scramble. Figure it I scrambled to find rain tires and okay i was okay we're going to race and the warm-up lap was like let, let's see how these things feel and literally as soon as the green flag dropped we got halfway through the first lap and it's like hey these things fucking stick and they stick really fucking good
0: so actually, are you running the uh, pirelli's or dunlops or what are you what are you like doing pirelli's.
1: i've been oh. running pirelli's for a while good good man Oh, I fucking
0: love them, and and, Dude, Chris and just Corey over at of, C- I am on I am supported by Pirelli both on the track day side, but also on the bicycle. Oh, side.
1: Oh, there yeah. you go.
0: Yeah, all of yeah, my no. two wheeled adventures are covered by Pirelli. No, Chris, shameless Corey, plug. And, yeah, yeah, right.
1: <laughs> yeah, and the MSCT racing, and then Gigi over at you know, sixty one, they've always been really good with us. Been really good with me, and they've helped us out a lot. So I love those guys. So
0: right on. Right on. Okay, so, Daniela, um, she's got a comment here for you. Uh, what's been your least favorite situation you've encountered since you started hooligans racing? Least favorite since hooligan racing? Your least favorite situation, hooligans racing. Uh, it, I, it kind of made me think that you all had, like, some kind of inside story or something.
1: Well, I don't think so. <clears throat> I've only done a couple. I haven't done like a full season of the hooligan stuff. It's been like, you know, like I said, where we can afford it. Um, I mean, besides the Daytona and the motor blowing up, yeah. and then then and then then. Well, so I brought a spare for that one. Okay. So you know, for Saturday the motor blew up. Saturday night we spent all night swapping the motor out, doing some adjustments <clears throat> with tuning and everything, and then Sunday they canceled our race. So they can allow fucking dudes on their dressers with their speakers and shit go ride the track.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The fan laps. Yeah, and that that
1: really fucking sucked. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think that as far as like the super hooligan goes, I mean, I met. I don't know if I would say it was a bad thing, but I met. I forgot what the dude's name was. He's one of the. Guys in charge at Moto America. He's got full tattooed sleeves. He's a bigger guy.
0: Um, no idea,
1: dude. Operations manager
0: for Moto America.
1: Yeah. I don't. I, the I don't fuck know. his name was. But I kind of yelled at him the first time I went to Moto America, not knowing who he was. Um, that was pretty cool. He was cool about it though. He understood. So.
0: All right. And then uh, Davy Stone saying that they let you run different tires than Dunlop at the Motor America rounds? Not no more.
1: Not no more. Um, the first one they did, and that was because it was like the test pilot, <laughs> there was no really fuck there was shit off of rules as far as what they're <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so it was like, Hey, okay, here's your engine size limits, here's you know, you have to run it, have to run a number plate and you have to have high bars. Other than that, it was pretty open.
0: Yeah, I kinda remember the cowboy it was like kind of the cowboy way back then, right? It
1: was. It was. Now yeah. it is a spec class. Now you have to have Dunlops, ops and the ones that you know that they say are within the class rules, you have to run, you know, you know, spec T four fuel for what Moto America runs for everything else.
0: Oh, so you have to run that uh, I know in the superbikes they run that M G P stuff, V P fuel, M G P. You're running something different?
1: Yeah, T four. T four. Yeah. Okay. And that's what they, they put out for what it was was T4. Okay. So that's pretty much what we just went for everything. So that's what we run for all all the race series now.
0: Let me ask you this. Have you guys run into any troubles with that fuel?
1: No. Actually, so we've ran, as, you know, with it being air-cooled, obviously we have a lot of problems with heat. Okay. And we've had a couple bikes that were... You know, Ford of 13.5 you know, you know, to 1 compression ratios and have had zero and thrown a bunch of timing at them and stuff like that and had zero issues with it. So a lot of people, they kind of snark at the T4 because that's only 97 octane. Uh, but that's all they look at when people look at fuel is, well, what's the octane rating? There's a lot of other things and you look at fuel when you're going into tuning and, and all this other stuff Right. That a lot of people don't realize. So we've actually have had pretty good success with the T4 over like the 101 and some of the other stuff that have been out there. Cool. Cool.
0: Well, you know what, Lucas, we're about an hour and 12 minutes already, bro.
1: (laughs) Time flies when you're having fun, I guess.
0: Yeah, dude, you're living the dream brother. I, you know, I, I, I want to see you on the track again. Um, I keep getting invites from the Chuck Walla people to come back to race with them.
1: Um, I would love to see you out there, I know there's a lot of, stuff that is in there, Dude, so. I could
0: come back. Apparently, I was told uh, I'm not going to host any track days there or anything, but mm-hmm. at least in the immediate future, but like I've been kind of invited back by Cowboy. Cowboy's like, "Hey, dog. Good. When are you gonna wh- How long am I going to have to keep this number 37?" I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Apparently, they've been saving my number since I left.
1: Oh, no shit. Yeah. Well, I would love to see you out there and, you know, hang out and whatnot. Cowboy's been yeah. dude. He's been good. Cowboy's been, he's a good dude. You know, I like I, he, I,
0: he, I think yeah, Cowboy's a great dude. I think having him kind of run things is making the club improve. You know.
1: Um, well, it's not so lazadiscal anymore. I mean, he's a Marine, and that's kind of kinda where we kind of like click as well with that, because it's kind of like, hey, yeah,
0: you know,
1: we'll do it. Um, but he's actually holding people's standards. He's actually making sure what needs to get done is getting done. So the structure is definitely there now as far as the CBMA side of the things go. Yeah. So he's doing good things with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, when I was still there, Amy Grana was kind of running most of it. And, mm-hmm. man, it was always like – it was like she'd never looked at it from the last round and she would show up on Thursday and set herself on fire for three days, you know. Yeah. And, oh, and oh a lot yeah. of a lot of things got missed and, you know, I mean, it was just a fucking nightmare. So Cowboy is like really switched on with organization stuff. He's, I think he was like a logistics dude in the Marine Corps. So it just transfers Mm. right over to this. And, you know, I hear good things. So I may, I may come out there and Lugnut says, I need to come out there and get my cheeks clapped. So (laughs) there you go.
1: Hey, he's, he's hauling ass and and he's doing really good. So,
0: Yeah. So And then Davy Stone says he read through the rules real quickly, and he didn't see anything in reference to qualifying. Um, do you have okay. to qualify And what's the cutoff? Uh, and that's for the hooligans, I think. But I think you were saying that you weren't even sure because it was like
1: yeah, six-place
0: air-cooled the something. I know at
1: the beginning of the season, last season they did, and even for the King of the Baggers, they've been moving stuff around as far as the qualifying time goes. Like they've been, you know, A, we're going to do 110%. And then they lose half the fucking grid. So there's only like five bikes racing. And then it's okay. Yeah. well, we're going to go to 115%. And then, hey, we're not doing anything as far as qualifying, you know, disqualifications go. So they've been pretty flexible with it. So like I said, don't quote me on what it was. So.
0: Yeah. Well, now we're going to quote you. So it's great. Um, so the sixth place guy, right? i just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right Team. on. All right, dude. Well, you know what, man? It's been a good show. I appreciate you um, jumping on with me and shooting the shit. It's great.
1: No, oh, I was definitely looking forward to it. And, it and uh, what's your next race?
0: Before I go, when's your next race?
1: So we race actually in Illinois at Blackhawk Hawk Farms uh, like July 16th that weekend.
0: Okay. Okay. And then, um, and then do you have any like sponsors or anything you want to thank or talk about before we wrap this?
1: yeah sure i mean yeah uh here
0: let me pull uh, out my list
1: <laughs> <laughs> i i probably should because my memory is shit and i forget like half of them half the time um yeah obviously you know if it wasn't for like we built foundation and what they do for me and all the the combat vets and stuff that we got going on i wouldn't be i still wouldn't be racing right now yeah you know, wow. i had to i would have had to have stopped a couple of years ago and they've been pretty much a mainstay and like hey we're gonna keep you going and help you out where we can um and then you know we have you know my boss at the shop stuff like that Josh Rumlit with RPM Moto, he's also like our team team man uh, with Runlet Racing. He does a lot with you know prepping the bikes and with transportation and helping find sponsors and whatnot. So, and he also helps with the wrenching side of things at the track. So definitely That's helps awesome. me with having to bounce around all over the place. And then you know, we got LA Art and all the stuff they do with us, uh, and Fab 28. And, you know, Galfer and all those guys. So, I mean, there's... You know, saddleman has been helping out a lot over the years. So there's a bunch of companies that have been... Some that have jumped on at the very beginning when we first started. And they're still here, still helping out and still assisting, you know, with what we need and whatnot. So, like, huge props to those guys because they didn't have to jump on when it was just the three of us. And they still don't have to jump, you know, be with us now. They still do, and they still help support. So there's been a huge huge help in the race program and still continuing doing what we're doing.
0: That's cool, man. Well, you know what, man, if I go out to Chuck wall at some point, maybe I'll see you out there. All right. Good times, dude. dude. Good chat. Yes, sir. All right, bud.
1: All right. Take it easy.
0: All right.